1: Sam Farber. Welcome to
2: another edition of the Hornet Tivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornet Tivecast brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a game day edition, Charlotte in the city of brotherly love to take on the Philadelphia 76ers who have been a real pain in their side for several years now. Long, long win streak for Philadelphia over the Hornets that Charlotte's going to try and get rid of here tonight in Philadelphia. We will preview the game. Also want to talk about all-star selections and that finish from the last contest against Milwaukee. We got to go back and dissect that one a little bit further and help me on all these topics. He is the sports anchor reporter extraordinaire for WCCB right here at home in Charlotte. Zach Aldridge back with us again on the Hornets Hivecast. Zach, thanks so much for joining us.
0: Thank you for having me, Sam. Always a pleasure to be on here and talking NBA and especially talking Hornets. I love it.
2: We are very appreciative to have you. Let's start off with the game the other night against Milwaukee. We talked about it going in and coming out of it. It was a different animal from the first meeting. The first one you can make a serious argument, rightfully so, that Milwaukee basically had a schedule loss. They were on night two of a back-to-back. They're down a ton of guys. Doesn't take anything away from the Hornets win, it just means a little bit less in terms of of if you're a Bucks fan this time around that excuse isn't there Milwaukee was healthier than they had been previously they're still a top four team in the east they had ample rest as much time as the Hornets did and couldn't get it done but it did come down to the final couple of possessions and I want to talk about the execution by the Hornets on that final shot now I know you were also watching the national championship game so you had kind of split attention but take me through what you saw in the Hornets' final couple possessions, and particularly that shot by LaMelo Ball to win the game.
0: I was splitting time, like you said, but when it got down to crunch time, I was all eyes on the Hornets. And what really stuck out to me the most was, of course, you know, LaMelo hit the shot, but leading up to that shot in that possession, I was wondering, okay, who's going to take the shot? And what I thought was interesting is LaMelo brings the ball to court, he passes it to Terry, And I thought, okay, it's Terry's time. He's been the guy on the team to take the big shot and more often not make the big shot when they need it. So I figured, okay, it's Terry's turn. He passes it back to LaMelo, and I was like, okay, what are we going to do here? So that pass from Terry back to LaMelo to me just signified so much of what this team wants to be and what the future of the Hornets will be is it's LaMelo's – It's his time to shine, and he stepped up to the moment and made that big shot. That was my biggest takeaway, the fact that it ended in the hands of LaMelo.
2: See, I see it similarly, but maybe just a touch different. I think in these situations – Everyone who was on the floor at the time, Miles Bridges, P.J. Washington, Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, LaMelo Ball, I think the team would have been comfortable with any of them taking the shot if it's the right one. In terms of ball handlers, it was going to be either LaMelo, Terry, or maybe Gordon Hayward I think what they were seeking out was a a matchup I think Terry Rozier if he had a different defensive matchup maybe he takes it but I think he identified that LaMelo might have had the best matchup one-on-one put the ball in his hands and that shows a level of trust that certainly you want your point guard to obtain and you just don't necessarily expect it to happen by age 20 in less than 90 games of your NBA career but furthermore With all those shooters out there on the floor, everything was spread wide open. LaMelo could see everything out there as it was taking place. And Milwaukee played him straight up. So, you know, LaMelo's got a matchup that the team is confident he can take advantage of. He beats Wes Matthews off the dribble, gets into the paint. It's an off-balance shot, but something that's not too far out of the ordinary for a guy like LaMelo Ball. And he's able to to make the right play, recognizing that Milwaukee did not send help to to get him or, or double him in any way.
0: It's unbelievably tough shot when you watch it back and you slow it down and break it down. The way he hit the gathers and then cross over the lane, going back over his body to put it up with the right. A tough shot, but certainly like a floater that he has in his bag and it's it's part of his package. It's just nice to see the the growing up kind of in, in front of your eyes. And I certainly do have to agree with the unselfishness that the team plays with of trying to get get that best shot for sure.
2: And one other thing on top of that is it requires a level of trust from the other players, not just that LaMelo Ball is capable of making that shot if he gets the opportunity, but that he'll identify and make the right pass if it's there and and I just I don't have any doubt if there were a player for Milwaukee that doubled over to cover LaMelo Whoever he had left would have gotten the ball and would have gotten the shot. That's just, it's part of how LaMelo operates. It's part of how this team operates. And that's the kind of level of trust you need to have to get a 10 plus year veteran like Gordon Hayward or a guy who is the top scorer on the team like Miles Bridges to be engaged in those kinds of plays even if they don't have the ball in their hands because they know if the opportunity is there Lamelo will find them
0: absolutely no type of, of selfishness anywhere within this team and and i think that seeing the way that Lamelo sets up others really just means so much for the hornets going forward when you look to years down the road of attracting even more people who would want to come and play in charlotte because they know that Lamelo is going to bring the best out of them and they know how fun and how fast and up and down the floor they'll get and creating great looks for you when you don't even think you have one.
2: Hornets' win propels them to a 22-19 and 19 record. Talking to different people around the organization, some have told me they thought that this was the biggest win of the year. I think it's up there for sure. The win at Brooklyn was very significant. The win over the Golden State Warriors, first team to beat them in regulation this season, that was significant. Where does it rank for you? This
0: is tough. It's not the biggest and the best win, I'd Day for me this year the warriors win meant a lot i think uh the fact that they were able to get that done when it just didn't seem like you were gonna beat the warriors at that time they, they seemed unbeatable i think that playing them a second time in a row it makes it impressive beating the bucks but i don't i don't have it as 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 the best win of the year
2: it's definitely up there. It's in the conversation. It's good to have a team that is having a conversation about which of their wins is the biggest one. That's a good problem to have. We've reached the midway mark and we are closing in on All-Star Game selections. Definitely encourage you to make your voices heard via Twitter, via NBA.com, via the NBA mobile app. Vote for your favorite players into the All-Star Game in Cleveland, particularly if they're Hornets. We're going to talk about where the All-Star Vote sits right now and where we think it'll end up. That's next with Zach Aldridge, our guest today here on the Hornet's Hivecast, brought to you by Senta.
0: Cataracts made it hard to see clearly. Even movies were blurry, so I went to Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. Now movies are as clear and sharp as they once were. The doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates
1: offer cataract surgery using the newest technology and lenses with short recovery times. See like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense.
2: Sam Farber and Zach Aldridge of WCCB right here in Charlotte, sports anchor and reporter for WCCB. And you can, of course, follow him at WZ Aldridge, W-Z-A-L-D-R-I-D-G-E on Twitter. Zach, all-star balloting is underway. The Athletic recently put out its picks at this stage of the vote on who they think has earned a spot. This is not giving deference to anyone who's kind of a quote-unquote legacy pick. It's saying strictly this. This year performance who should be where I'm not sure if you've read the article or not. So I'm going to I'm going to assume for the moment you haven't. Do you think there's a Hornet on it? Do you think there should be a Hornet or two on the All-Star team right now?
0: I missed that from the Athletics today, so I, I have not seen that. I'm going to go with, did they just, did they do the entire team or just do starters?
2: They did the entire team, starters and all the way through the last man, and they even went further and said the first six players out. So you're welcome to guess if there is even a Hornet in that range.
0: I think that they have LaMelo in as making the team. Uh, not a starter, but I, I think that they'll have LaMelo making the team and... Miles Bridges not on the team but I ugh, he might slide in at that 5 or 6 for worth a mention is what I'm going to go with.
2: So one for two LaMelo Ball is in Miles Bridges or Terry Rozier for that matter not listed here I have a little bit of a problem with that but first let's start with LaMelo. They have him as the last man in just ahead of them. they have Fred Van Vliet of the Toronto Raptors Toronto having a, a sneaky good season right now. Then other players that are in they're listed starter are Dermar DeRozan and Trey Young, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid of the 76ers, who the Hornets will see tonight, rounding out the starting five. Then the reserves are Jared Allen, Butler, Jimmy Butler, Drew Holiday, Zach Levine, Jason Tatum, And then they previously mentioned Fred Van Vliet as well as LaMelo Ball. So this is a big step here. I mean, LaMelo, yes, he was the NBA Rookie of the Year, but quite frankly, it's rare for a first- or second-year player to get an All-Star nod. And I think this is a tribute to, A, the kind of statistics that LaMelo Ball has put out there. They are All-Star caliber. And, B, the kind of team that he's on because I think if the Hornets are not in a top-eight or top-ten position, there's no chance LaMelo Ball gets on there ahead of some of the names that are currently not on the athletics list.
0: Yeah, I think that in the East has become so stacked lately, um, especially with the rise and the ascension of the Bulls and the level that DeMar DeRozan's playing at this year. I think it makes it even harder to slot in there and and make the team and, and get a spot on there but i fully agree i think that like it can hurt him Lamelo, by being young and people will to be like oh you know well we've got years down the down the road and everything but he's every bit earned it i really think that he fully deserves to be in the all-star game and i couldn't agree more with with the athletic for recognizing that so far
2: Yeah, I might have him a little bit higher up in the consideration, but bottom line, you know, whether you're you're the first person on the list or the last one on, an all-star is an all-star. So I applaud the Athletic for uh, recognizing LaMelo Ball. Here's some of the players they have him in at the expense of. James Harden of the Brooklyn Nets, Damana Sabonis of the Indiana Pacers, Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics, Bradley Beal of the Washington Wizards, Clint Capella of the Atlanta Hawks, and Chris Middleton of the Milwaukee Bucks. So these are significant players, several of whom have already had several All-Star nods, if not All-Star starts in their recent history. So this is a big deal here for LaMelo Ball. You'll notice I didn't say Miles Bridges, and while I understand why he might not be in that next groupings out, there's one player that I just listed in the athletics list that I kind of have a problem with being ahead of, of Miles Bridges, and that's Clint Capella. Not that he's not a, a good player, but if for no other reason than Miles Bridges dunking all over him, should probably put him ahead of Clint Capella, I would think, on the list. Uh, but in all seriousness, I mean, unless you're saying it has to be a center and Clint Capella is your pick, okay. But if that's not the reasoning, why Miles Bridges wouldn't be there with better statistics and a team that's performing much, much better right now is beyond me.
0: And along that same line, my eyes rolled when you said Sabonis, just because the fact that the Pacers are under 500, you know, the rotations right now, I think they're like 15 and 26. So they have underperformed greatly. Sure, Sabonis has put up numbers and he's playing well, but I think that you can take off Sabonis and Glenn Capella for for my liking and, and slide in Miles Bridges right there with that without a doubt. You know, and certainly I probably would get rid of Capella first, but Sabonis right after him, even though he is putting up good numbers.
2: The interesting thing here to me is I thought for the Hornets to get at least one or really get at least two guys onto the All-Star team, it was going to take a top six position. Based off the athletics assessment, I might have to revise that and say the Hornets might need to get to the top four because there was only two teams that had multiple selections. The Chicago Bulls, who are currently the number one team in the Eastern Conference, and it's by a pretty decent margin, two games up on their next closest competitor, and then the Milwaukee Bucks, who are the defending world champs, so I thought Miles Bridges, Terry Rozier. If the Hornets get into a top six position, maybe they can start to make some noise. I don't really think that anymore because you know we forget. I mean, it's it's one thing to say someone is an All Star caliber player. There's lots of guys that post all-star type numbers, but you only get 12 in each conference. So those spots go really fast, even if you only allocate one to all the teams that are in a playoff or play-in position or some of those big-time superstars like a Trey Young who you can't ignore, even though his team is not playing very well.
0: Yeah, and I think it is also on merit with the Athletic is doing when you come down to to regular life and how it's going to work with the fan votes and then the coaches and players and everything, I think that what's also important is just kind of how much of a name have you created for yourself within the league. And I think the Hornets have not fully, fully arrived onto that level yet where they can have enough clout, so to speak, to be able to get two names up there, three names up there. And I think that's what, what makes it so tough that, they're not the number one team in the Eastern Conference like a Bulls squad is, if they were then I think we can maybe have a different conversation.
2: In terms of LaMelo Ball's candidacy, he seems to be in a really good spot. I guess the the one player who could challenge him, or maybe two players that could challenge him, one would be James Harden. If Brooklyn makes a big run here and figures out how to win at home without Kyrie Irving and Harden's a big part of it, maybe he gets more consideration. The other one I would say is Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal, if, if Washington goes on a little bit of a run here between now and when the lineups are announced, and the Wizards end up ahead of the Hornets, that could spell trouble for LaMelo Ball. But bottom line, I think LaMelo Ball should be an all-star this year. And most people I talk to, granted it is a Hornets podcast, seem to agree with us. Well, coming up next, uh, the one thing that would help secure LaMelo's spot, as well as any other Hornet, is winning. And another opportunity to win tonight when the Hornets take on the Philadelphia 76ers. We'll preview the game with Zach Aldridge of WCCB in Charlotte next, here on the Hornets Hivecast.
1: Hornets. Hornets fans, make sure you download the Hornets app this season for an enhanced game day experience. The Hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all the information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day. You'll also find predictive games, mobile food ordering, and even a wallet for your NFTs. Download the Hornets app today.
2: Zach Aldridge, sports anchor and reporter for WCCB Charlotte with us here today on the HHC, the Hornets Hivecast, cast brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Zach, it has been a very long time since Charlotte has beaten Philadelphia, 16 consecutive losses for the Hornets. They were very close in both matchups earlier this season. They were not quite as close last season, but uh, over the course of these Sixteen games you got to go back to 2016 november 2nd 2016 for the last time the hornets scored a win over the philadelphia 76ers it has been way too long charlotte's going to look to get that streak out the window here tonight before we talk about some of the the players to watch and a stat to watch what do you think about the belief that when you have this long of a losing streak it starts to take on a life of its own do you think that is becoming a factor the way people looked at, say, the Georgia-Alabama matchup in the national championship game the other day and said, you know, maybe this is in Georgia's head. I don't personally think it's quite to that extent, but 16 games is a long time. No person on the Hornets roster has ever beaten Philadelphia while wearing teal.
0: Yeah, I've never been one to buy in to that too much. I, I think that every game you suit up and, and it's different. And another team, the seven seasons for this matter have just happened to have the hornets number more often than not but these have been good sisters teams and some teams from the hornets that are just honestly not as good so more often than not you know you line it up probably going to loops it's just so happened that you know you think once or twice you're gonna be able to get one over and get a win but i don't think that it's like philly is in the minds of charlton and it's like some type of obstacle that they can't overcome it's just been good teams and Joel Embiid is a very, very good player, and and he seems to kind of have his way going up against the Hornets, and and that's just a a tough matchup for them.
1: Well,
2: let's start to break this one down. The Philadelphia 76ers, in addition to being on a 16-game win streak over the Hornets, they're on a significant win streak this season as well. They have won seven in a row. The start of that was really impressive. Road wins at Washington, at Toronto, and at Brooklyn. Since then, the results have been very impressive. All four have been double-digit wins, three of them by 19 or more. But the opposition, a little less impressive, beating Houston twice, San Antonio once, and winning at Orlando. Nonetheless, seven games games is seven games. That's hard to do in the National Basketball Association. So as we preview this one, Zach, I want a player to watch for each team and a statistical category to watch that will be the determining factor in who wins tonight's game.
0: What I'm, of course, watching is I think that Joel Embiid is important. So I'm going to throw him away, and I'm going to say Tobias Harris. I'm interested in seeing where is his mindset, what is his thought process like right now, seeing that his name has been circulated out there and some of the rumor mills for trade packages being included with Ben Simmons potentially going to the Hawks or anywhere, now knowing that he could be on the trading block. What's his mindset? Is he locked in? Because I think you can live and you can survive if Embiid has 40. You just can't let Tobias pull up 25. You can't let Seth have in the 20s. So I'm looking at Tobias as a guy that you can't let go off.
2: I'm going to go with Joel Embiid then. If you're going to leave him out there, I'll take him. When he's right, he's the most dominant force in the NBA right now, and I say that with all due respect to players like Giannis Antetokounmpo and Kevin Durant and and all the other phenomenal players in the game, but Joel Embiid presents a a blend of size and skill that really is unmatched right now in the association. He's basically been the reason that there is a 16-game win streak right now for Philadelphia over the Hornets. It's essentially his intention entire career has been spent beating Charlotte. So he is the Goliath that this team of Davids needs to slay to take that next step in their progression. No way to do it but to go through it. So I'm going to say Joel Embiid, our player to watch obviously for Philadelphia. Where do you want to go next? Do you want to go to a statistic or do you want to go to a player for the Hornets? I'm going to
0: go with a player for the Hornets. And with that one, I'm going to circle back around the wagon to kind of cover the bases of Embiid. And I'm saying I'm, I'm looking at maybe And I'm looking at him to not get into foul trouble early. I'm looking for him to be able to play however many minutes JB wants to have him out there for the first quarter. Let him have that full time and play solid, solid defense against Embiid. I need double figures and rebounding tonight. Just have to be a force on the board and don't make life easy for Embiid. Of course, he can score Really, in any way he wants, he doesn't have to have his back to the basket. He can score from three. But just slow down and beat and make the others have to beat you.
2: I like the pick. The guy I'm going to watch, and and this is a little tricky, because keep in mind, the first two times the Hornets played against Philadelphia, it was their low in terms of dealing with health and safety protocols. LaMelo Ball wasn't playing then. Terry Rozier wasn't playing then. Mason Plumlee wasn't playing then. You had significant players all up and down the roster that just were not on the floor. This was the time where Nick Richards, JT Thor, and James Booknight were all significant parts of the rotation, and all, I might add, did a really good job, I thought, in that one to give the team a chance. So the team, even without Kelly Oubre going in this one, is much, much healthier than they were for the previous two meetings. But my player to watch is going to be Gordon Hayward he had really good games against Philadelphia earlier this season really put the team on his back for a stretch he averaged over 20 points per game was playing 40 plus minutes a game there was a lot of pressure on him to just keep the team close and to their benefit he was able to do that maybe to his personal detriment because there was a lot of wear and tear put on his body in those two games they were always close and really went down to the wire if they had stretched those leads earlier maybe they could have gotten Gordon off his feet but you definitely appreciate the fight that he showed but I think Gordon Hayward is is you know having some very efficient games here as of late. He had the one kind of off night game 1 against Milwaukee on Saturday, but last one efficient from the floor again, 14 points, positive in the plus minus on the floor, 6 of 12 from the field. I think Gordon Hayward now as you reinsert Plumlee and Ball and Rogier into this rotation and create a little less stress on Gordon, he can continue to shine. So it seems to be a good matchup for Gordon Hayward head to head with Philadelphia and on top of that he's played well against them and now with the sprinkling in of those other stars on the Hornets should make him that much more dangerous all right last but not least statistic to watch tonight Zach
0: yeah love that Gordon Hayward pick he's my number two guy I feel like he's he's primed to have a have another standout game I'm looking at the amount of free throws taken I think that that will be key I need the Hornets to get to the line just as much as As the 76ers do, I think that a big disparity in free throws will be kind of telltale for the game. I think that you've got to find a way to play solid defense without fouling and just live with whatever happens after that. So if the free throws attempted are about equal, I really like the Hornets' chances.
2: You are reading off my cheat sheet here. I had that one circled too. You know, Joel Embiid lived at the line in one of those games. He averaged 16 and half free throws per game against the Hornets this year. Charlotte, as an entire team, as an entire team, they averaged 19 a game. So Embiid almost took as many free throw attempts per game as the Hornets did collectively. But I'm not allowed to copy you. I do very, very much like the pick, though. So I'm going to go with pace of play. I think the Hornets need to turn things up. Up a notch here. You didn't really have the engine of your offense in those first two games. No LaMelo Ball and no Terry Rozier for that matter. So it makes it tough to you know try and speed things up and run Joel Embiid a bit off the floor. And the 76ers in general do not like to play with pace. They, for good reason, trust their half-court offense to work because they've kind of got the queen on the chessboard out there in Joel Embiid. So for the Hornets, I think they need to speed this game up. I think they need a lot of fast break points. I think they need to force some steals and get this to be more of an up and down game styles make fights I think if this is a half court contest that is definitely in the favor of the 76ers if Charlotte speeds it up and plays with great pace that's advantage Hornets and getting all these guys back from the previous two meetings that could be enough to get them the win we'll find out tonight seven o'clock tip time you can hear the game of course on the Hornets radio network and watch it on Bally Sports Southeast should be a lot of fun and we know now that there's no national championship game to have you know a second screen open on Zach Aldridge will first sure be watching it'll be part of wccb's nightly sportscast here tonight zach thanks so much for joining us here on the hhc we love having you and definitely encourage everyone to watch him on wccb nightly their sports anchor extraordinaire you can also follow him on twitter at wz aldridge that's w-z-a-l-d-r-i-d-g-e thank you And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. A reminder, tomorrow we'll have our breakdown podcast taking a look back at this matchup against Philadelphia. Hopefully, hopefully we've got good news to share about the Hornets ending a long losing streak against the 76ers. Either way, we'll have it covered for you here on the HHC. So for Zach Aldridge, our producer, Rob Longo, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast.